0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and my guest today is Colin Gowden. He is the President and CEO at VIA. Hi, how are you, Colin?
2: Very well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Juliet.
1: Of course, of course. Well, why don't you start us off with introducing us to VIA?
2: Terrific. Uh, well, VIA is uh, has a sole focus in the energy space. Uh, we provide Machine learning and AI solutions to uh, help the transmission and distribution of electricity throughout the world. Um, more recently, uh, one of the things that we've we found in trying to provide AI solutions to um, to the uh, utilities industry is that that a lot of data turns out to be trapped behind. Uh, firewalls and behind a lot of security concerns, and so we have uh, a brand new blockchain application called Trusted Analytics Chain that we're just launching uh, that helps uh, provide access to um, uh, a lot of data behind firewalls uh, in a very secure and uh, anonymous way, and so that's a, a new application for us. But we're in the software space and you know targeting uh, energy.
1: Excellent. So when you're when you're saying that AI in regards to energy, you're talking about artificial intelligence, and mm-hmm. how 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 exactly is that all working together?
2: So, um, you know, the energy industry uh, spends over 100 billion dollars a year to uh, maintain and upgrade uh, the infrastructure that you know provides uh, electricity to uh, to our homes. So. You know, they, they say, you know, if the internet goes out, it's like going back to 1979. But if electricity goes out, it's like going back to 1879. We're, you know, super oh, yes. dependent <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. you know, we're super dependent on electricity for basically everything, right? And, uh, we're at a moment in time when, uh, the, a lot of the infrastructure related to uh, the transmission and distribution of electricity is, is getting old. Um, in the United States, for example, uh, something like, the average age of transformers is something like 50 years. Uh, and the average lifespan of transformers is supposed to be 40 years. So we're way over. Oh, good. <laughs> in terms of, exactly. Exactly. It's a good news scenario. Right? The good news, there is good news. and The good news is that basically, you know, we're, we're at a moment in time where, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pent up demand for improving the infrastructure and for investment infrastructure. And so there's a lot of renewal that's happening. And, um, and the question is, you know, even if you say, well, we're going to replace everything, you can't do it all at once. So where do I start? How do I decide, you know, which transformer to replace or uh, which uh, transmission tower or which circuit or which switch? And, uh, and you know, that's a, a good job or a good task for artificial intelligence, or machine learning to kind of learn some rules about, well, where do I think there are issues and where do I think uh, you know the the most likely outages are going to occur and let's start there uh so it's a you know using ai and machine learning as a prioritization tool essentially to to help in upgrading and uh maintaining you know that vast infrastructure yeah They say that the the U.S. electric grid is is possibly the most advanced or, you know, most complex piece of machinery ever built. You know, it's it's interconnected everywhere and over 100 years old. So, uh, you know, figuring that out and decomposing that's a long, you know, it's a a tricky task.
1: I think a lot of people don't put much thought into where, where the electricity comes from. And then when it's gone, everyone starts freaking out. It's something that everyone should really be interested in and know where, what's happening with it, because it does run our entire life, everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're in a moment in time, it's sort of a, you know, we have two things happening sort of simultaneously, well, three things. One is I, the aging infrastructure I mentioned. Now you have a second thing, which is we have a lot more extreme weather. So, you know, I'm based in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, here in March, it's still, you know, below freezing and at the end of March. And we have, uh, we just had last week our fourth Big storm, uh, snowstorm of 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 March. You know, you know, never mind the whole winter. And that's a, you know, that that wreaks havoc on the electricity and the grid. And uh, you know, it's a it's a bigger. You know, we're seeing more and more of these extreme weather events, and that that's uh, taking its toll. Um, and the other is, of course, you know, we're changing how we use electricity. It's not just the small devices that we you know that that we use for you know creating podcasts and listening to podcasts, uh, but it's also the <laughs> the the big devices so um, uh, you know all of the transformers that are all in the neighborhoods in you know around the United States they were all designed to you know they, they get hot as they as they work during the day and they were designed to cool off at night uh, and they you know a thing we're starting to see is a lot more electric vehicles on the road and those electric vehicles come home at uh, come to back to the houses at night they get plugged in and now there's a lot more Drain on the grid at at night, so you know, the transformers don't cool off like they were intended to, and uh, and then they blow. And then they have, uh, and so the you know our we're in trying to do the right thing, which is you know moving to green and electric you know electric vehicles. We actually sometimes create. Uh, I mean, we have unintended consequences of that, and, and it's forcing us to, to uh, be proactive and, and really invest in upgrading the infrastructure here in the U.S. and, and abroad too.
1: Exactly. I think a lot of people um, just assume that because you're driving a Prius means that you are not impacting the environment. When in fact, there are still several things that do impact the environment. Say the batteries. Where do they go when they're when they're done? Or you know, with, with the Teslas, when you plug in, yes, you're not using right. fossil fuels, but now you're using electricity and it, everything is a give and take, and it's just yeah. where we want to shift that that give and that take.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 uh, you know, it's the uh, uh, so it's a so it's a good task for you know, it's one of those things though where you'd say it's uh, it's tricky, uh, but it can be managed, and it's uh, but and and we also you know, the good news is we also have lots of information to be able to help us manage that well, but uh, you know, it, it requires more software to be able to. Um, you know to deploy to be able to kind of you know keep up with all of this changing demand and this this uh the you know the new the, the new world order in terms of uh how electricity is being used and where it 's being used
1: um would the AI solutions at all make it safer for say people who are working like linemen who are actually out there working with the electrical things and fixing things would would the AI that you are working with Essentially, create a safer environment for those type of workers. Uh,
2: yes, that's actually the primary uh, reason that uh, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, the initial interest in this area. So, um, you know, we talk about power outages and transmission equipment and predicting failure in these areas, but thankfully, it doesn't happen that often. It's a very rare event, actually, even the grand scheme of things. Mm. And our first customers uh we're actually in uh japan uh so tokyo electric power company is the fourth largest company uh utility in the world uh and they were the uh first customer that we started uh sort of deploying predictive maintenance solutions with on on transmission equipment and for them it was uh it, it wasn't really the uh, cost savings uh, because you know actually Japan has the lowest um, uh, uh, minutes of outage per year of any industrialized nation. Um, oh wow! So it was yeah. So, so it w- it really wasn't that they had a lot of outages like the U.S. It's actually the the opposite. They have very very few. But when it goes wrong, it, you know people are at risk. So um, you know the towers are very high. The you know uh, and if there's a if a transformer blows or if a piece of equipment goes, it's an explosion. Generally, it's, a, you know, they, the equipment, you know, catches fire or something happens. And then, and if uh, if there are people nearby, it's, a, you know, it's it's life-threatening. And so for them, it was very much um, a a uh, people and safety issue more than a cost issue.
1: And because you were essentially, yeah, for saving people's lives is a very moral and good thing to, to jump on board with, for sure.
2: Right, right, exactly. It was hard to... <laughs> You know, hard to say no to that mission, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we, everybody is interested, I think, in saying, well, what's the ROI for these solutions? And, of course, you, you can calculate the ROI in lots of ways, re- whether that's, you know, reduced fines or reduced customer complaints or, you know, the the number of minutes the, the power stays on. But, you know, ultimately, if you're able to save someone's life, you, you know, that's the highest ROI you can ask for.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, so. When someone comes to you and and they they want your services, you know walk us through through what what different things you offer
2: uh so generally um, we right now we're engaged with uh, a number of the uh, i guess the the leading utilities in uh, Europe and in Asia and in the United States the key uh, regulatory bodies and usually what we've we 've done is start with um, a A piece of equipment where uh, they would say, "Look, this is something that we know we are going to have to replace a lot of, or we know we have we're struggling to find a way to keep up with sort of the the replacement cycle, or figuring out where best to, um, you know, how best to uh, figure, you know, assess the risk of which piece of this, you know, which which kind of equipment might fail, and uh, you know, can you help us identify?" Uh, high risk equipment versus low risk equipment, and um, uh, and then you know that that usually we do put together what we call a, a vision and value statement. So the the vision statement says you know uh, is is literally a, a storyboard in the same way you might create a storyboard for a movie that you're you know that you're creating. Um, the storyboard is sort of the vision. The vision is you know in you know, one year or two years, if we were very, very successful, what would this look like? What, which, in here, it's not about. What would a software system look like? But what change would occur in the organization? What would be different? You know, maybe it would be lives saved, right? And how would lives be saved? Because we identified this piece of equipment in advance, and here's how that happened. Here's the decisions that were made. Um, and then from there, we kind of work backwards and say, okay, well, if that's, we, you know, that may not be the starting point, but that's where we're going on this path. So then let's work backwards and figure out what would be the, the right you know, four week, eight week, twelve week, sixteen week kind of proof point to say, uh, to give us enough confidence that uh if we you know if we develop this we would get, you know, we could we could realize that vision. So um uh that's that's sort of the the starting point and how we how we like to work with companies. Uh we, we feel like there there's a little bit of uh importantly there's some buy-in that's that's in that process where people are you know they're they're not just signing up to say well you know I want to try some software but they're trying they're signing up to say well I I think this is where the industry is going I think this is the change that we need at our organization and, and you know we're part of that creation process when
1: Absolutely I mean it's a it's a whole ongoing problem-solving type of work
2: <laughs> Yeah 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 well and that's led us to uh, something that's been very interesting for us, which is um, we found that, you know, the, in the ideal world, uh, you would, you know, someone would, a company would say, well, here's, you know, we want to identify when, you know, transformers at, um, you know, and in, in plants or transformers at, you know, on the transmission lines or, you know, the, at, at different um, substations are going to fail. And, you know, here's our data. Can you help us identify, you know, the high-risk transformers versus the low-risk transformers? What we found is that a lot of companies getting access to that data is incredibly hard uh, because, they, uh, you know, essentially it's not confidential. You can, you know, you're really talking about a national security uh, asset, you know, if you you know, Russian hacking right, or pick your pick your thing like you, your you know your story of the day right about you know security risks about this kind of uh, information um and the other is that in the ideal world, you would have a lot of incidents of failure to analyze, and as we said earlier, you know it turns out that these things don't fail that often, and so um really in the ideal world, in order to get more of these uh you know examples of failure to learn from and to uh you would um you know you'd want to share that data across companies uh or you know and that's been very that's very very difficult in this uh you in know the, in the uh in this uh, secure um the information security environment we live in and so um we actually have been uh, uh we recently won through a, um, a, a, a an accelerated group of um, sizable uh, million-dollar grant to develop a new application that uh, we're now in the process of um, uh, beta testing with a number of companies around the uh, around the U.S. and and uh, some key regulator regulatory bodies around the the ability to uh, analyze data in you know from multiple organizations. Uh, without having them to actually physically aggregate that data. So uh, in the case of, you know, transformers, well, you know, no single company in uh, Kansas or Missouri or uh, Mississippi and Georgia have enough examples of transformer failure independently. But if you were to, you know, pool the examples of failure amongst them, you would get enough data to actually make the AI and machine learning work. And so uh, finding ways to kind of, you know, essentially uh, we developed a way to to allow that sharing of data for for AI and machine learning uh, to to work without having to actually physically aggregate it, and so each party also keeps their data anonymous and and um, and private. So that's that's sort of a big um, that that's been another one of those client led or problem led areas. So we, we, you know, until we started getting into the business, we didn't know that was a thing that needed really to to be created.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of trust that you're asking of people
2: yeah 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 and um yeah and I I think the key is if you can in the ideal world if you can if you can trust the party if you could say trust me just give me your data I'll solve the problem that would be great but if you want the you know you want to you want trust across a lot of parties um you know the ideal is that you're able to have some kind of software system that you know I don't need to trust you to know that the right things are happening um Um I, I can give you a sort of, I, I've given this uh uh presentation or analogy to uh you know both government regulators as well as big utility companies where um I don't know if you recall the band Van Halen from the nineteen eighties <laughs> and the, yeah. uh, uh they had uh, uh there's a famous story where uh in the Van Halen contract, you know, when they went on tour uh, there always needed to be a bowl of M&Ms uh, at the, you know, in the dressing room that uh, had all the brown M&Ms removed, and <laughs> it was kind of the apocryphal, you know, story about you know rock stars and divas and why they, you know, all had these absurd requests. And as it turns out. Uh, you know, I make the claim that actually the, uh, you know, that A, that story actually is true. And actually, uh, you know, Van Halen actually had better security than the energy industry today. And the reason is, um, you know, it turns out that the band, you know, went on tour and uh, they had a huge, a huge uh, set of equipment. They were one of the largest uh, sort of, you know, Touring bands at the time, and uh, one time they had an accident where the equipment, although it was specified very clearly in the contract, the equipment was set up incorrectly when they went somewhere. And uh, what they did is they put in uh, their contract that MMs and need to be in the dressing room with the brown ones removed, and if it wasn't there, then you know basically they could for, you know you forfeit the contract. And the um, the reason why. The, they put that in is uh, you know, uh, any member of the band could walk into the dressing room. They could see the M&Ms. And if, it was, if the M&Ms weren't there or if the brown ones weren't removed, they know someone didn't read the contract. And therefore, not only, you know, not only are the M&Ms not there, but maybe the equipment's not set up correctly. Right, it's a preventative mm-hmm. measure to be able to understand. And what we have in the energy industry actually today is when we're thinking about sharing data or sharing information, or uh, the contractual agreements uh, are really about if you break them, you will be penalized. But uh, you know, there's no preventative measure. Right. And actually, what we're doing is creating we're using sort of smart contracting systems or others is that they're they're we're bringing in these preventative measures where, um, you know, it's hard. You can't you know, you don't actually need the, to trust the other party. I have a test to see whether people are have done or are doing the right thing and I can prevent them. I can prevent an accident, which is what Van Halen was trying to do, right, by having the M&M. We can prevent information security issues as opposed to waiting until, you know, something happens and then trying to, you know, get, you know, get retribution or, you know, a resolution after the fact. So this is a, a big, you know, uh, it's part of an ethos of trying to move to more preventative measures in the industry overall.
1: It, of course, it's much easier to fix a problem that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Instead yeah, exactly. of cleaning it up after the fact. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. You know, I'll announce a so, prevention. Sure.
1: Exactly. So, besides learning so much about the intricacies of sharing information and the need for prevention, what else has have you learned through working with uh, this energy industry in Via taught you? Uh, well, see,
2: uh, one of the uh, key learnings that you know, we've seen in the industry other than, you know, the the need for prevention is, you know, this is actually tends to be a a very uh, collaborative industry. And, um, and, you know, despite the fact that it's very, you know, it's an, you know, this is about electricity, right? So this is about engineering, right? It's about wires, cables, about, uh, you know, the movement of electrons, uh, but, but, you know, despite all the equipment and all the uh, physics that's involved, really people make, the final decision about whether uh, you know the electricity will flow and whether you know in, in uh, and whether you uh, you know you have power or not. And um, the uh, one of the things we've seen is it it doesn't really matter how good you think your software might be or how good you think your algorithms are or how uh, you know well finessed your math is really the. or elegant, your algorithm, you know, as the math might be. Those are important things, but, you know, they're not the things that actually will matter in the industry. What matters is people, as you kind of alluded to, you have some trust and credibility. And um, people, you know, the operations and maintenance people in these organizations, you know, will make a decision about whether to go repair a certain, you know, piece of equipment or whether to send a truck out to go inspect something, not based on... You know, the algorithm said there's a 0.85 chance that you know something will happen, but if they believe that there's a, you know, they they believe the system or they believe the explanation behind it, and um, you know, we, we've one of the other areas that we've seen that's been really important in in uh, you know getting credibility in this industry is going beyond the the statistical pr- uh, prediction of a of a you know, a percentage or a decimal to say, here's what, you know, a risk, level of 0.2 versus 0.8, but providing some specific explanations about, or human readable and understandable explanations about why we think such a, you know, something is happening. So um, the case that, you know, Japan, uh, you know, Japan is an island and, you know, we, we looked at Uh, all sorts of factors related to what drives predictions. And uh, one of the things we came up with was being able to say, well, this piece of equipment will fail uh, or we think is at risk. And uh, that's because it's close to the sea right? And corrosion is happening in the salt water. And this other piece of equipment is inland and it's not the distance to the sea, it's the age or it's um, the, you know, sulfur dioxide, the pollution levels, it's Next, it's next to a factory, right? That's what's driving it. And we found that, you know, that, the that, that it wasn't enough to have just the, you know the math or the you know uh, mathematical equation but it was important to have that that uh, that follow on explanation to make you know, to, you know to to make sure that someone took action as a result of the uh of the, the prediction so that that's been you know big big learning for us
1: you're all about prevention prediction and problem solving <laughs> nice yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna use that <laughs> <laughs> prediction and prevention create a safe environment. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's
1: that's fantastic. So I'm looking here on your website and you say it's got a countdown for two days, 16 hours and 33 minutes. What is happening?
2: (laughs) Oh, but if you know, I can't tell you. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to have to go to the website
1: then and check it out. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, uh we have a, a big brand launch so we are rebranding the uh and uh we so we have some some you know some surprises coming up in a couple of days so I'm sure by the time this airs you know that may not you know will that that uh that countdown may have gone but um we have uh both uh, uh you know we've we've um uh we've we're We've had a a very sort of simplified web presence, which was mainly focused on content, so a lot of blog content and uh, a lot of uh, articles. Uh, you know, we've, we've lucked, been lucky enough to have a lot of news articles about what we're doing, and recently featured in Inc. Magazine and, and Wired last year. And uh, but now we're, you know, we're we're also need to you know provide a little bit more detail about who we are, what we're doing, and the solution. So all of that is coming in a couple of days.
1: Fantastic, exciting things on the horizon. Um, where yeah. is the best place for people to connect with you? Is it through the website, Viascience.com?
2: Uh, yes, that'd be great. Info at Viascience.com uh' will we'll provide a uh, uh provide a way to to get to us
1: excellent this has been so much fun colin and eye opening at the same time it's i don't know if i'm if i'm scared that our that we have <laughs> <laughs> got these problems going on or really excited <laughs> that you're on top of it
2: <laughs> yeah. hopefully both you know it's a the point out right <laughs> he's got both uh <laughs> a, a little scared but excited at the same time i think that, you know the good news is there's there's uh yeah, you know, I always say with with great power comes great responsibility. Actually I'm pretty sure that's Spider Man, not me. But the uh yeah. the <laughs> I, I think the uh you know, what we we know that there's a lot of opportunity, there, there's an, you know, taking care of the grid is an enormous responsibility and the the uh but uh we think, you know, with great uh you know, with the right With the right opportunity, the right software, the right uh, technology, actually, there are lots of ways that we can hopefully make the grid safer than ever before.
1: Exactly. And, you know, on this podcast, we we talk about a lot of different technologies and the future of the world and and Mm -hmm. everything. But it all comes down to if we have electricity or not. Because if we don't have electricity, that future does not exist. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: a very basic infrastructural thing, but it's you know, critically important. Sometimes we we always forget we forget the basics, but yeah, you know, uh, it has to be there. So, and especially with, as we said, with all the changes in climate and you know the way we're using electricity and you know, and we didn't even touch on distributed energy, solar and wind, and how that's impacting the grid as well. So, all kinds of things are are at play here. So, it's an important time to be on top of the issues related to power and and power distribution.
1: One hundred percent. Well, Colin, Gwenden, thank you so much for joining me here on Future Tech Podcast. This has been very (laughs) eye-opening.
2: Thank you. My pleasure, and I uh, wish you the best, and thank you very much for, for having me on the show.
1: Take care, Colin. This has been Juliette Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks for listening in.
0: Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast. Post to review